Welcome to the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. Reformation Fellowship provides support and fellowship for all who would stand for the Reformation of Christ Church worldwide. We long to see the church revitalized by the gospel and seek to encourage all who share that vision. We gather together for gospel-hearted fellowship around gospel-minded theology. Welcome back to the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. My name is Justin Shell. I'm your host. And today we're going to be talking with Ryan Townsend. Ryan is the executive director of Nine Marks and an elder at Capitol Hill Baptist Church in Washington, D.C. Our conversation today will be uh, a part of our series where we are highlighting past and present examples of ministries or networks or even friendships that bring together like-minded, like-hearted gospel ministers for fellowship, for encouragement, for equipping, and then seeing that those relationships, that relational network issue in reformation, renewal, sometimes even revival. Today, we're going to discuss with Ryan some of the ways that Nine Marks seeks to do just that, bringing together gospel ministers for encouragement, equipping, uh, with the hopes that um, it would issue in mission and renewal in the church. Let's go to that conversation now. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us here on the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. It's a pleasure to be with you all today. Thanks for having me, brother. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, Ryan, for those of our listeners who may not know you or just know a little bit about you, tell us, tell us who you are, where you're at, what you're up to. Yeah, born and raised in Houston, Texas, in a non-Christian home, conservative, moral, hardworking family, but uh, grew up going to the Unitarian Church, which fit well with kind of our rational deism. And uh, uh, and then um, in 1993, uh, moved up here to Washington, D.C. with my twin brother. We had both had the privilege to travel a lot in middle school and high school, so we fell in love with international global things, wanted to do international studies in this area and the Schools up here were, were good at that. So we came here in 93 and uh, uh, to go to college. Um, during those during those years, kind of things fell apart, but it was the severe mercies of God. The Lord used some challenges and trials in our family to um, save my mother and my sister who moved to D.C. And they started attending Capitol Hill Baptist Church just right after Mark Dever arrived. And then on Mother's Day 1997, the day after the week after I graduated, I came to church for the first time as a Mother's Day gift to my mom. And Long story short, through the corporate witness of that church, um, uh, I saw a weird but compelling community that the Lord used to convert me. I thought growing mm-hmm. up in Texas, sadly, the churches I saw were more nominal and better pictures of hell, the world, than uh, than heaven, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, not attractive, and then was converted here, uh, thanks to the corporate witness and ministry of Capitol Baptist Church. I was 23, spent my 20s uh, in consulting and business, and then entered the ministry through the internship program here, was Mark's assistant for a couple of years, went to seminary for five years in Louisville, where I worked full-time at a church, and now I have had the privilege of running Nine Marks as the executive director. It'll be, uh, well, just shy of 12 years uh, next month is my 12-year awesome. anniversary, and I'm uh, married to Tara, my beautiful bride. Love that woman. She triples my ministry, a capable wife as her husband's crowned, mm. or that's Tara, and we have five children, uh, three girls, two boys, ages from ages 10 to 22. So we're in it. We got the full, full all zone defense, right? Elementary, middle school, <laughs> high school, and college. We're, are, uh, it's, it's a sweet season. And uh, awesome. here, here in, here in DC, like I said, I live in Washington, DC on Capitol Hill. 
had the privilege of serving as a lay elder, just started my sabbatical as a lay elder for the next year or so, but it's, it's been great. Mm. Praise God. Praise God. Well, you know, Ron, in this, um, the series that we're going through right now on the podcast, we're, we're talking about past and present examples of like-minded, like-hearted gospel ministries um, that they're doing a couple things. They're bringing together pastors and leaders for fellowship, for encouragement, sometimes for equipping. Um, but these are communities that, as they come together for strengthening, they've also found ways to work together for renewal, reformation, revival. I mean, depending on the, the season of the church that we're looking at. Uh, but today we're going to talk about nine marks, and uh, we're so glad to have you here for, for that. And I'd love to hear more about how nine marks is is doing that, bringing together pastors, especially to encourage them, but also invite them to link arms in different ways. And so maybe we could start there with um, with a heart of nine marks. What are what are you guys asking God to do through the ministry? Love that. Love that question. Love the spirit of the question. I think that gets to the heart of who Nine Marks is and, and what we're trying to do. Let me answer it kind of in two parts, kind of a biblical principle or pattern, and then Nine Marks practice. So what, what we're trying to do in light of what we see as the biblical principle or, or the pattern uh, in the Bible. And uh, so first, that principle, um, and, and kind of in my words, our words here um, at Nine Marks, there's two kind of churches that you see, I think, in the world, um, red dot churches and green dot churches. Red dot churches would be net consumers, net importers. That is, they're consuming and using more, more pastors, more resources uh, than, the, than they're exporting out. Mm. Green dot churches are, are net exporters. That is, they're sending out more elders, pastors, more healthy members, more resources than they need. Mm. And, uh and if you look at the New Testament, particularly the, the book of Acts, right, the church at Antioch, the church of Rome, the church in Jerusalem, it seems that the biblical pattern, and it's the principle for fulfilling that great commission that Jesus gave right before Matthew 28, is through green dot churches. That is, Jesus mm -hmm. says, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And then I will be with you till the end of the ages, giving you all authority. And then he goes, he goes up to heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father. And now he's ruling and reigning. There it is. Boom. Okay, what happens? The book of Acts. Praise the Lord, we have that. We see, how do they fulfill that great commission? Well, they go and they find men who are using their authority well in their marriages, in their homes, right? They have this biblical character of good authority. They're, they're imaging the author well. Good authority provides, it protects, it loves, it serves, it builds up. And they say, hey, y'all. You, you husbands, you fathers who have these biblical qualifications of good authority, character, come and be shepherds, overseers, uh, uh, pastors of the of, of this family, the church family, just like you're doing here. And, and oh, raise up more elders, right, than you need and trust into others what you have been you, you taught, right? Second Timothy 2, 2, and then send them out. And what happens? The, again, this is the pattern in the principle of scripture. The gospel spreads as elders, leaders, church leaders are sent out together with, with members, of course, and resources. But it's the leaders, the elders who then go um, and plant other churches in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, beyond, right? Local, regional, domestic, international. The Great Commission spreads um, through this means. Now, of course, the church is God's. It's an extraordinary blood-bought supernatural creation, right? We see Ephesians 2, Ephesians 3 to display his manifold wisdom in the world, right? Praise the mm -hmm. Lord. It's through the it's the body of Christ, blood bought. Uh, Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. So 
praise the Lord, the church, the God is in charge, but he uses ordinary blunt instruments, under shepherds, pastors like us, and members of a church to do this extraordinary gospel work. Mm. And so driving that, okay, switching now to nine marks. Okay, if that's the biblical pattern and principle, if you're convinced and persuaded that, that that's that's that seems to be the strategy for filling the great commission, the great commandment, in, in part, right? I get there's a lot more. This is not, I want to be simplistic. But then humanly, okay, the driving practice of nine marks is behind this principle. We believe that building healthy churches is the best way to fulfill the great commission or undermine it, right? If churches are called to, until Jesus comes in Revelation 21 and 22, churches are an embassy representing King Jesus here on earth. And we know, Matthew 6, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Praise the Lord. It's the best investment that's in those uh, you can make because it's the only one that's clearly backed by God. God guarantees that the church, uh, you know, will be successful and that we will see God face to face in the new heaven and new earth when he brings that Zion, that new city uh, uh, here. But until then, we are the church, the embassy, representing Jesus, guarding, guiding the gospel, and putting it on display. And so if that's true, though, how do we do that? <laughs> well, this gets to your question in our practice at Nine Marks. Um, as you know, we're coming up on our 25-year anniversary in January here of 2023. And the, the driving idea has been, that, okay, healthy churches are the best way to fill the Great Commission and to display God's glory to the world. Our practice, though, is to, is to um, focus on the laser-like focus on pastors, church elders, leaders. We, you know, we use all those words the same, whether they're paid full-time or bivocational or or whatever, right? Elder, pastor. We want to have a laser focus on pastors because kind of the value chain is healthy pastors, healthy churches, great commission being fulfilled. But what can we do humanly? You know, what's our role and what's God's role? Well, this just gets to your question. Humanly, right? We're we're blunt instruments, but we can create resources to promote these biblical ideas about what God says about the church. And then we can bring church leaders together through events and uh, partnerships, domestic, regional, uh, international, through our ministry partners mm -hmm. around the world to help kind of pastors discover and then learn and then implement and then Lord willing, reproduce these ideas. But that's, you know, that that's a, that's a long game strategy. You don't, it's like your children. You don't just discuss, they don't just discover, learn, implement and reproduce the gospel in, in two, two years. It takes 30 years in a family. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're trying to do at Nine Marks. We're trying to, you know, what are we asking God to do through the ministry? We're asking God to use our ministry, uh, our resources and our events and training to kind of spread these biblical ideas uh, and then connect people, local, regional, domestic, international, right? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, beyond through like-minded ministry partners and churches, green dot churches. But of course, green dot churches, they need, right? What do you need to build a healthy church? Well, you need you need not just the right ideas that we get through through scripture and preaching and teaching the local church, but you need you need theology, theological education. You need a sending agency. You need an, a network of churches uh, to kind of cooperate together for great commission work. You need missions training, and this is where we get to um, to kind of this idea of fellowship. Right? It's a band of brothers. We want to see God use our resources, our events, our partnerships to raise up like-minded green dot church partners. And parachurch ministries, I work, I've dedicated my life to a parachurch ministry, so they have value, but because we're, we're trying to be a bridge to equip and build up green dot mm -hmm. churches, that largely happens through, right, how do, you, how do you win wars? Well, you find well-trained soldiers who are like-minded, and then you resource them, and then you use intelligence and data to bring them together and coordinate efforts. And so mm -hmm. what we're trying to do through every event that we do and uh, kind of partner is use this to kind of coordinate and bring together the like-minded ministry partners 
And uh, I took, we're the biggest non-network network uh, because we're uh, over 25 years by God's grace. There's no such thing as a nine marks church. We're, we're a think tank and a training center. Uh, we want to work with all the networks. Baptists, Evan, you know, as long as they're evangelical, the gospel, that's the one non-negotiable. You can have a true but disordered church. But we want Baptists, Presbyterians, Anglicans, Methodists, if they have the gospel, right? We have now we're you know, we have we have some thicker partnerships uh as as we get to ecclesiology. Ecclesiology matters, but we want you know, the theology, gospel theology, and then to drive good biblical polity or ecclesiology, that is the church, and then of course that drives missiology. And so bottom line, we're trying to create resources and relationships to build healthy churches. That's what we're asking God to do. And we realize that he can use events to create um, local associations and networks uh, and bring people together around the world for that purpose. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Tell us about some of the ways that um, that you're doing that. So you mentioned events. What what and. You've mentioned events. You've also mentioned other partners, other whether it's a, a Green Dot Church or an, another parachurch. What does it look like when Nine Marks begins to say, um, "Hey, in this place or to meet this need, uh, we want we want we want to do something." So we're, we're going to step into this space and gather people. Um, Tell us a little bit about what that looks like. And these are what I'm about to talk about are now some forms. These are just like practical, tangible outputs, right? Mm-hmm. I think um, I think they're helpful, but you know you don't have to use these exact forms. But the, I think that you, you'll see. Okay, how how could we contextualize these elements and what we do? Uh, three kind of forms that we use: what we call nine marks workshops. That's like nine marks on the road. So, uh, so just on the you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We say let's do a nine marks workshop in Tulsa with your church. And what we would do is we would come to your church. You would sponsor it. It'd be a nine marks workshop. Um, or you could even be, you know, your local church name workshop. We don't even care about our brand, our name. If you want to put the brand on there, great. Or you could just say in partnership with nine marks. We could brand it however you want. But the idea is we'll send you um, some pastors, speakers, and, and hopefully use some speakers from your from your church or, or leaders. And we'll do a nine marks workshop. And, uh, and we'll talk about... Um, biblical ecclesiology you know like i said we're trying to do four things with pastors right discover and learn these ideas that's kind of the top of the funnel and then implement and reproduce that's the bottom of the funnel mm-hmm. and so depending on where you all are like hey that they, they, there's this is a great area they're convinced of membership and discipline and compelling community and and, and a healthy church but we just need practice we need practical teams okay so they've discovered and learned we're further down the funnel we can we can do a workshop that's more practical but hey right. They have no idea what church membership is or what elders are or church discipline is 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 been abused and it's it's got a bad you know it's it's a there's all these i call you know right we've got a bunch of nine marxists out here who've come and and taken the ideas of nine marks and applied them rashly and harshly and we you know we need to do some healing okay great that's gonna we're gonna do a different workshop so based upon where your context is are we discovering and learning are we you know healing uh are we actually okay ready to implement that will inform what kind of event we do. But those are mm-hmm. nine marks workshops. Those are on the road in partnership with a local church. And we do yeah. those in Oklahoma and Texas, or you know, Jonathan Lehman just got back from Medellin, Colombia. We do those with churches around the world. So just that's that's the first thing we do is the nine marks workshop, which you know, kind of like nine marks on the road in partnership with other churches and ministries around the world. The second kind of main thing that we do is what we call a nine marks weekender. That's more like a 
nine marks at home, right? Uh, we started them here at, at Capitol Hill Baptist Church 25 years ago, September 1998 with our first one. That was with a dozen people. But that's more like I said, like it's a four-day ecclesiology boot camp. It's more show and tell. It's it's for the key word is okay, how do I actually implement these ideas? You don't need to persuade me. I, you know, I get it. Um, it's like parenting, like shepherding a child's heart. I don't need to be persuaded about that. Just show me what to do when, <laughs> when my kids throwing a temper tantrum on Wednesday night at the dinner table. It's like, okay, I, I'm convinced, you know, biblical vision of the church, membership, elders, church discipline sounds that's all beautiful. How do I how do I get from a from here to there? And so in yeah, some ways, yeah. weekenders like show and tell. We invite pastors into the a local church. They we're literally together. We have our meals together. Um, we're lots of QA, small practical uh, seminars and lectures. And then uh, that's all they, they start with an elders meeting. They observe an elders meeting where they see, okay, what does it look like to do member care and prayer and oversight? And uh, and then um the having lunches and meals with other elders, lay elders, and then Sunday they get to see the you know their Sunday school, they get to see the main service, they get to see the Sunday evening service, which is like our prayer and family time. And then there's a members meeting. And so that it's kind of like they Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they're backstage seeing how everything's, you know, deliberate, intentional, organized, and uh, supposed to work. And then Sunday, they get to go into the front uh, back from the in the front of the, uh, you know, so to speak, to get the metaphor and then watch the show and see it all come together. Um, so that that's the weekender. And uh, I think that in some ways, I think that's the most important tool in our little nine marks toolbox uh, mm-hmm. over 25 years we've seen more uh elders kind of unify in their vision and their philosophy of ministry and how to kind of shepherd the church practically in their local t- context from that because ecclesiology is obviously it's just like church plumbing right uh it's just we're just trying to structure our churches according to god's word um mm-hmm. we want things to flow well and smell well and if we do our job right as plumbers no one knows who we are. Things just taste and smell and are good. Things work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of true as pastors. We wanted to help pastors like good plumbers just get the ecclesiology in place, the, the plumbing, so that the gospel can can flow and shine and be a bright light uh, in, 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 in that area. And though I think the weekender really helps us. What I love about the weekender, though, is, again, this is where I said we're the biggest non-network network. We have, uh, there have been church plants, ministries have started, networks and, you know, uh, um, have started uh, in regions, pastoral associations and fraternals. Uh, people have found jobs. They found, found their associate pastors. They found their replacement, a senior pastor. Uh, they've helped, you know, start internship programs. They found interns. So much good fruit has come just from uh, like-minded pastors showing up and getting to know each other. And because it's small and it's an intense five days, um, mm-hmm. often things come from that. Uh, and like I said, elders come together it was some of their their group it helps really unify the elder board and define their philosophy ministry so that's the second thing we do uh the third thing we do is we um and this is we, we're more just a very minor role in this but helping churches and i think through how to do a pastoral internship programs now mm-hmm. obviously that that's that falls mainly on a local church and the pastoral staff we're just like a very small support service but helping think through okay internships right it's the kind of the classic apprenticeship model whether you're whether you're a, a doctor doing, you know, learning your, your residency program or a lawyer doing your apprenticeship, right? It passed, it's the best way to learn. And we see this in the middle of ages is to go and work alongside an expert mm-hmm. uh, in the trade. And so much of these things, these lessons, like in, I said, in marriage and parenting and shepherding are caught, not taught, um, or it's a both and, and you got to see it. Uh, and so internships, uh, you know, uh, we help we try to help churches really think that through to train up pastors again, to be a green dot church. One of your responsibilities is to raise up and send out more elders than you need. But it's like it's like mm-hmm. children. 
that they're, they're, they're often like little cubs that run around the living room and make a mess. But if you train them well, they become lions that roar and love you. And that's the goal. It takes, but it takes a family and an internship and a long game strategy. So those are three practical events of what we're trying to do to bring together, you know, like-minded uh, gospel ministers for encouragement, for equip, equipping. And we ask God to use those workshops, those weekenders, and those internships to that end. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask for maybe some some stories? Uh, I'm I'm thinking about those three pieces, and you've hinted that you know this church has found their their associate, or this this church is now running an internship, or but help us um maybe share a couple of stories of of churches or partnerships that you've seen coming out of one or all three of these that have really because of the fellowship. Um, because of coming together, because of sharing the the, the, the kind of the heart around these things, um, you've you've been able to see in their ministry in their churches some neat fruit. Yeah, I'll share one. That, the one that first comes to mind is um, my good friends Matthew Spanler Davison and Mes McConnell, both uh, good Scottish brothers. Matthew uh, actually did the internship here uh, back in two thousand two, so this would have been twenty years ago. I had I was still a baby Christian. I got to know Matthew well. We were in our 20s. And then Matthew ended up going on and planning a church in Bardstown, Kentucky, a Scottishman in Bardstown, Kentucky. <laughs> well, a few years later, uh, um, he was here on a weekender with some of his elders from Bardstown. And he met mm -hmm. Mez McConnell, who had met Mark Dever. And we invited Mez to come over for a, a weekender. Mez is a pastor in, of, of a scheme in, in Edinburgh, Scotland. Mm -hmm. Anyway, these two Scottish brothers met each other at an Mark's weekender. They started talking, and from that weekend, there was birthed the ministry called 20 Schemes, which mm -hmm. is a, um, a ministry that's trying to, it's basically a church planning ministry in the hard hard places, the schemes, which are like the projects of Scotland. Mm -hmm. And uh, by God's grace, they just celebrated, their, I think, their 10-year anniversary, and their half, you know, their vision is 20, 20 plants, and I think they're over halfway there. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, a lot of good fruit has come from that, you know, and even from that, right, the uh, Mez has started writing for us a first steps discipling series of books that we use and we use in partnership with Acts 29 and uh, Church in Hard Places, their global residency and training. It's just a beautiful picture of Catholicity in the best sense of the word, right? 20 yeah. schemes, nine marks, Acts 29, uh, all working across, you know, ethnic geographic boundary lines. And it all started when two Scots met here at, at a weekender. So that's just that's one one recent story. I, I could give more, but I know time is time is short. So I'll stop with that. Feel free to follow up. Yeah, thank you. Well, let's um let's try to pull out a few lessons of, that you guys have learned over the years. You said nine marks is uh, turning twenty five this year, and uh, in this series, you know, we're talking with some some of the episodes are with. Here's an institution that's trying to train up and 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 send out uh, another uh, another episode is um, a, a fellowship of pastors in in city X right where they are linking arms as as the local church in their region and partnering together. Um, Nine marks is really is really different in that it is a um, it's a it's a parachurch. It's not an institution. Um, it's a, a ministry investing in the church and doing it through resources 
books, etc. Um, and and these kind of three three events, these uh, three kinds of spaces. Um, and so I, I think our our listeners, it's a good chance to hear um, hear what you guys have learned in these twenty five years as you've done. Uh, well, maybe as you've used books, um, as you've you've uh, helped churches with internships, as you've done these weekenders, um, as well as the kind of the on the road events. Um, what's what stands out for you? What are some some lessons learned that a church might take away? Um, obviously, you should have an internship. Be a green dot church. Um, <laughs> But maybe other networks of pastors, other uh, maybe even an in- institution could learn from some of what you guys have have seen over the years. Yeah, I think uh, that's a great question. I think there, there I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that and three three lessons learned by um, by talking about three problems, right? Or three because I think when you when you see problems, you know, necessity is the mother of of all invention and innovation, right? Problem solving often yeah. lead to uh if you do it well leads to the to the good fruit three problems that i've consistently seen that i think um uh could be helpful for us as we think about how to build this spirit of biblical catholicity of cooperation of churches and parachurch ministries coming together for great commission work um what are the three problems of the three challenges that number one is just the spiritual the spiritual one that's very clear um, right, mm-hmm. Ephesians four, we see throughout Satan hates green dot churches. He hates the work, you know, that that uh, that we are doing, and whether it be in Tulsa or DC or 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 you know Kenya around the world, and he's going to work hard to bring us down. And Satan is predictable but effective, right? He gets in on the inside. He works lines of authority uh, between a husband and a wife, between parents and children and between fellow elders or and leaders and, and he, he likes to isolate um so i think just being aware that it's a there's a spiritual war going on it's a privilege to do what we do like we exist uh you know every christian's a soldier in the army of the lamb and pastors missionaries i feel like are the special forces you know justin you and i get to get to and our ministries get to train and equip and resource and bring together uh these these special forces and that's an awesome privilege but you know it's it's the black hawk down syndrome what i call it and, you know in the 1990s right the, the delta force was sitting in somalia that's the best trained you know best resourced fighting you know elite fighting force one of the best in the world and they got they got you know killed by a mob village what happened well those those soldiers got isolated and then they got killed i think i think i so often i see the biggest practical way that the spiritual warfare plays out is that isol- pastors get alone, isolated, overwhelmed, and discouraged. And then they either burn out or they disqualify themselves. So just being aware of that spiritual warfare and that problem, um, take that seriously and let's pray for protection. And that's why it should spur us on to then the second problem, very practically, that the second problem I see is an intelligence problem. And not it's not like smarts. I don't mean that kind of intelligence. It's like data like um mm-hmm. coordinating uh coordinating works together like a good a good general has the intelligence the data to coordinate he knows where his troops are he knows mm-hmm. uh what they're trained to do he knows where the other branches of the military are the allied partners and he helps coordinate together and that's how you win wars so i think one of the biggest things i'd love to see 
Night Marks and Lasan and 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 you know these industries that we're that we're working with and uh, uh, Reformation Fellowship uh, do is help solve that intelligence problem. Let's coordinate together. Let's make sure that pastors and ministries and churches aren't aren't uh, operating in silos. Like it's like where are your green dot churches? Who are your green dot partners? Let's look. We're in, you know you are in Morocco, brother. I've got one really good friend who's doing great work in Morocco. I want to make sure that after. You and I talk, I connect you with that brother and that he knows whoever you knew when you were in Morocco. Mm-hmm. So that's the second uh, that second um, lesson learned is it's almost as simple and as difficult as that, is like coordinating and working together. Mm-hmm. And then the third kind of the third thing is playing the long game, um, that great pastoral superpower called patience. That's mm-hmm. like in parenting, though, as well. It's 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 a long game investment strategy. You know, we're not like day traders. We're, there's highs and lows every day in parenting and pastoring and building coalitions. That's not how you win wars or you raise kids or make disciples or train up pastors. It's a long game. Like I said, it's like the Cold War, right? It took 40 years to bring that wall down, and and, and we're still fighting that Cold War. Uh, and that's true for us, right? We're gonna we're gonna build healthy churches and build alliances. Reformation Fellowship, Nine Marks, Acts 29, uh, Pillar Network, uh, lots of like-minded ministries out there. But it's going to take a long time. And it's like, again, in parenting and pastoring, every day we have to recommit to being disciplined and deliberate, even even when it's hard. And realizing that relationships are messy, even the most important ones. And it's going to take, in some ways, a spirit of charity and clarity. I feel like in some ways my full-time job has been just helping my Christian friends and ministry partners be like, hey, man, be clear in your convictions, but have charity if you disagree. Because Christian maturity means that we can... uh, uh, disagree with someone about something and still be their friends uh, and love them. And in some ways, even partner with them. It might not be a thick partnership. It might be a thin partnership, but we can still be together for the gospel, right? That's the one, the gospel, the one, one non-negotiable is the gospel. So I'd say as, as, as I look at nine marks, I'm, I'm hopeful. You know, I told my board of directors, I think we have in, in the last 20 months, I've seen more potential for cooperation and collaboration than I have in my previous 10 years, because as the culture sours against Christianity and politics and pandemics kind of weigh in on us, in some ways it's like God, right? It's frustrating and hurting the church and pastors more, but how of God, right? In the darkness is light, right? Suffering than glory, humbled and exalted. I'm. It's In some ways it's forcing us to figure out how to work together as yeah. our denominations are at best unstable or, you know, things disappear, uh, events, institutions, um, um, uh, fellowships, how do we stay together for the gospel uh, and work in this great commission work together with a, a, a biblical catholicity and cooperation? I think we have more opportunity to do that now than ever before. And uh, I'm excited to see what God's going to do, but it's going to take this. It's going to take faith and humility because we know it's a spiritual war. It's going to take coordination because we know there's an intelligence problem. And it's going to take patience and pastoral wisdom, right? And not being a nine Marxist, uh, not being, or whatever you're, you know, there's ways to abuse all good things, but being right. slow pastoral and wise, and then to kind of work together and really believe through a spirit of charity and clarity in our convictions, God will use ordinary blunt instruments like us and unity, unified by principles primarily, not not even friendships or, or, or opportunities, so those are good, but those need to be secondary. The unifying principle needs to be gospel theology, gospel polity, and let that drive our gospel missiology. That's my hope and prayer that what God will do through not just nine marks, but all these green dot churches and like-minded ministry partners like you. Mm. That's awesome. Ryan, thank you so much for giving your time and sharing from your experience and and the wisdom that's uh, accumulated over 25 years at nine marks. Uh, We really appreciate you for joining us here on the Reformation Fellowship podcast today. 
Amen. Well, Ephesians 3.21. Now, to God be the glory through the church in Jesus Christ forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for your work in that end. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. We pray that this time together has been a blessing to you. The Reformation Fellowship is a ministry of union. And so all that we do, we hope it helps you to delight in God, grow in Christ, serve the church, and bless the world. If that is your hope, that is your desire, then friends, welcome to the fellowship.